Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have on the line Chris Sheridan. How are you, Chris? I'm doing terrific today, Jason. It's a good day for good day for a podcast. It is a good day that? for a podcast. <laughs> Sunday is always a good day for a yeah. podcast. Of course, our other days of the week that we do podcasts are good as mm-hmm. well, but Sunday is a particularly good day. It's the day of the sun, you know, the eternal sun. All right, so we are talking today about I am that I am. So we're going to look a little bit at the uh, at the uh, scripture from uh, Exodus, Moses speaking to God. And we're going to look at some of the esoteric ideas and occult ideas be, uh, behind the idea of I am, and I am that I am, or I am who I am. And we're also going to look at some, some parallel sayings between Jesus and Krishna, some of the Gnostic teachings of Jesus. And then we're going to look at some of the teachings of Krishna as well from the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, and then other things that just may come up, and we're letting the Holy Spirit guide us today, that spirit of wisdom that's within you and within me and within Chris and all of us, uh, guide us on this journey today. So we hope we have something to, to add to your, to your day and that we can bring up something that you need uh, to hear right now. We, uh, we speak that word in this, uh, in this podcast for today. So uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you to all of our supporters. We appreciate you uh, supporting the show and showing up each week with us. Um, also, if you can, please share us on social media. We are trying to get out there to a larger audience, and we would appreciate your help if you can do so. Uh, share us on, like I said, on your so- social media channels or just good old-fashioned word of mouth. Tell your friends about us. They can obviously find us at Cosmic Eye, uh, at CosmicEye.org, but they can look us up on iTunes or any place they want to hear a podcast and look up Cosmic Eye, and I'm pretty sure we'll come up first since we've got quite a few... Uh, Podcasts up there now, we kind of dominate that keyword, Cosmic Eye. So that's us. Uh, Chris has a book called The Spirit in the Sky. I highly recommend you buy that and read that. It talks about spiritual experiences, his own spiritual experiences, uh, before he he crashed in a plane and his subsequent journey back to health and so forth. And it's a fantastic read, very inspirational. My book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Both of those are available online at Amazon.com or Chris Sheridan dot com or cosmicguy.org. All right, we're going to jump right into the show now. I am that I am. So we're going to look at this uh, statement from Exodus, <clears throat> from Scripture. It's from Exodus three thirteen. We're just going to start that as our kind of jumping off point. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. That's sometimes translated as I am that I am as well. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. So this I am formulation is, is ancient and it's, a, and it's an, an esoteric teaching that is, is quite popular amongst many new age movements and so on. I'm sure you've heard of you know the different I am statements and, and obviously in new thought, the, the power of I am is, is something that's talked about quite a bit. Elizabeth Clare Prophet talked about the I am. Theosophists talk about the I am and so on. It's a, you know, it's a concept that we're going to explore uh, both kind of scripturally and esoterically today and in, uh, both in the West and the East. Uh, so it's an, it's an important topic, and we hope that we can uh, share something about that with you. So first of all, let me start with this idea, I am who I am, or I am that I am. First of all, in Hebrew, that, that is, as I've, I've talked about before, Eheye, Asher, Eheye. Uh, 
Now, the word aheya is related to the word that's most often used for God in, in the Hebrew scriptures as the, the, the divine name, otherwise known as the Tetragrammaton, yod Hey vav Hey. Now, oftentimes in, in Christianity and Christian circles and in, scholar, in the scholarly world, they still do this today, even though they know better, but it's just kind of a shorthand. They will translate that name as Yahweh. Yahweh. That is not most likely the way that was actually pronounced. And so it's an ancient word that's a hidden word that's supposed to be an unspoken word. And it was only spoken by the, the high priests like one time a year in the holy of holies of holies of the temple, like the centermost point of the temple where only the high priest would go. And so it has a lot of uh, esoteric significance attached to it. It is in, in essence a secret word. It's associated with the lost the lost word in Freemasonry. Um, it's similar to the idea of the logos or the divine word and so on. It's similar to Aum, Aum, as you may know it. Uh, these are all related, related concepts. So this phrase, I am who I am, or I am that I am, is really a, a, a statement of being. I'm going to, I've been talking quite a bit. I want to let you jump in in a second. I want to read though really quickly this idea of I am that I am from this, uh, this fantastic book, Hidden Wisdom in the Holy Bible by uh, Jeffrey Hodson. This is a theosophical classic uh, from Blavatsky's uh, group. And Hodson was one of the, the great uh, sort of condensers of Blavatsky's ideas down into ideas that were pretty easily digested. So anyway, so he says, uh, in this phrase, um, the inmost human self is brought to a realization of the ever-enduring spiritual principle of which it is a part. The phrase, I am that I am, indicates self-existent being and therefore describes the one eternal, conscious, creative life, the essence of all essences of being, the one alone, the tetragrammaton, and its source implicit within itself and in its divine name. And in its divine name. So it's talking about something that's that's beyond really conception and it's beyond form. And you had a nice phrase for that earlier that you talked about. You want to talk about that kind of beyond form and more active sort of verbal ver verb idea of, of, of God as, as being maybe. I do. And it's not only beyond form, it's really formless or it, without form, put it that way, because when you say I am in English and most Western languages and Eastern ones too, there's a subject and an object, subject, verb, object. I, you know, am hungry or I am Chris or mm -hmm. that I, you know, I have to be, a, there is a something, this thing is something, um, or you're doing something. Uh, I am is without that other something. It's enough. It's self-existent, yeah, yeah. That is it, and I'll put it in quotes, and I am reminded of, of one of the ancient Greeks uh, before uh, Socrates, and, the, and they're called the pre-Socratics. Uh, so Socrates, um, uh, Plato, and Aristotle, in order, um, in, say, the you know fourth century B.C., this would be even before that, maybe in the 500s BC with uh, Pythagoras to give some context with it. But Parmenides 
um, early, early thinker. Um, some fragments have survived that are attributed to him. Uh, but he refers to the divine being or the divine presence or just the divine as is. It, not it is. There is no it. And some scholars have actually gone into that and found out that um, it was deliberate. And it was because there was really just no notion of it being an it. There was no itness about it. It was isness. Isness. Wow. So, yeah, it's not a being, it's being. It's being. Yeah. yeah. And a phrase we're probably a lot more familiar with. Um, is cogito ergo sum from uh, Descartes, I think, therefore, I am. So this draws consciousness into it. And, you know, you could even look at it, consciousness, what is it? Is consciousness a thing? Is it an energy? Is it, does it have an itness? Or is it a thinkingness? Uh, is it an active principle? Uh, or an essence? You know, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it can do things like, but like gravity. Is gravity a thing? Thing? It's a force. Yeah. But it's not. It you know. So to have other religious traditions speak of you know the formless, the nameless, the unpronounceable, uh, that which is defined is not it, um, because they also you know, this really reiterates. So it really goes across cultures across time that there's this non-itness to. The divine presence, whether it's within or without, or God, or uh, how we want to, uh, you know, what we, even just calling God God is, you know, it's you, you've already ruined it because it's not yeah. that, you know, the yeah. Tao, um, the Tao which is spoken is not the Tao. Uh, yeah. So me, me just calling it the Tao is, is is pretty much not it, but it's uh, an indicator that points towards something, and and we're stuck with words. That's what we have, you know, to communicate. Sure. Sure. Which is great, but you know there are limitations. But it's not; it is not a knit. The I am yeah. is is period. <laughs> I'll just yeah. end with that. No, that's great. You know, another another definition. Oftentimes, they make the talk about it in Kabbalah that God is no thing, no uh, thing, not nothing, but no right. thing. You know, yeah. and the idea of that it's just beyond beyond conception that that God's presence and God's you know spirit are beyond conception. I think even uh, Saint John of the Cross, who was Spanish, referred to God as nada, nada, which means nothing. And it's not a blasphemous statement that God doesn't exist. It's God exists in a way that I can't even begin to verbalize about. And I think that's what this this I am that I am is hinting at. Like you said, I am. It's 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 sort of self-referential. It doesn't, it doesn't refer to a, a thing. It refers to being, it refers to being. And it's interesting because then, you know, that's where the idea in new thought and in, you know, mind science and so on, the idea that thoughts, you know, create the experience that we have. Uh, the, the I am statements are, are extremely powerful. So anything that you're connecting to with, you know, when you speak of yourself and you use the term I am, it's almost as if you're connecting to that being, connecting to that God consciousness within yourself, and then you're declaring into that these things that you say about yourself. So you have to be very careful how you use that type of language, you know. And they they, they point that out a lot. And uh, you know, it's it's even um, you know it's even in the, in the Bible, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's the idea that you know the, you know how you're using these ideas really do define who you are. But it's out of that power of that being 
uh, that, you know, that is the creative force that, you know, creates, sustains and transforms all that we, we know, right? So it's an interesting thing, an active presence, an active presence is one, one thought of that too. Um, there's an idea that, uh, you know, okay, we're going to get into this a bit in a moment. There's obviously different cross-cultural and cross-religious ideas uh, regarding this I am. And most of the sort of mystical traditions, the mystically based traditions, and that being, you, you gave a good definition of mysticism before. What was that again? Mysticism versus like, you know, Orthodox religion. Yeah, dogmatism or something like that. Well, it's it's nice, the personal experience. It's the personal experience, that's right. Yeah. Of, you know, the living presence. Uh, versus, God is everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's in the rocks and the trees and sure. the sinner and the saint and uh, and within ourselves as well. Right? Everything else. Yeah. And your and your goal, your job is to find uh, and experience and have your life made better <laughs> through that experience. Yeah. Of of this divine energy that that runs in all and through all because it is all. Uh, that's different than here's a set of instructions and follow these. And cross your fingers and, and you might get redeemed in the afterlife or, you know, some something to that effect, you know, don't eat yeah. this on Friday or, or something, which, you know, it's not to necessarily pit one against the other. It is a de definition. Um, and, and we can also do both. Yeah. You know, yeah. We can have certain, you know, because of ethics or morals or uh, you know, things that we eat or don't eat or eat at certain times <laughs> or are fast now and then, um, I, you know, that's that's fine. Um, but if you don't really have a, a conscious, active, living experience with the divine mystery in your life, um, you know you're just you're just kind of talking about it. Yeah, exactly. And doing things to hopefully bring it about, or conjure it up, or sure. call out to it. It's it's already there. You you have to just connect with it, tune in with it. Um, be yeah, open exactly. to the experience uh, of it. That's a great point. You know, and the, one of the things too that I, I find really interesting is that, um, you know, this sort of concept of of I am, and even the the very the, the very words uh, are oftentimes used in in ritual, especially in Western mystery tradition, you know, this I am that I am is a very, very strong idea that runs throughout Kabbalah and Gnosticism and, you know, ritual magic and mystical Christianity and so forth uh, in the West and is very similar to a lot of the ideas that are found in the East, particularly in the Bhagavad Gita. And we're going to look at that in a moment. But it, it's an interesting thing that, um, you know, I want to read a little bit again from this great Hodson book, Hidden Wisdom in the Holy Bible, H-O-D-S-O-N, Hodson. So he, he talks about how this is a magical affirmation, which every adept eventually makes in full consciousness, the idea that I am that I am, or I am who I am, in, in which aspirants to adeptship are taught in mystery schools to utter. The ineffable name is an instrument of magic. Knowledge of its syllables and the manner in which they should be uttered bestows theurgic power. Theurgic power is sort of God, God uh, sourced magic, basically. The thaumaturgy, which follows this re revelation of the ineffable name, is only possible as a result of the deliverance of that name to Moses, who personifies the initiate. So, this is a, an idea of Moses as a 
as a symbol of our ourself as an initiate or one who is seeking that divine wisdom, seeking that God consciousness within our own self. Uh, so it's interesting that in um, in the Golden Dawn tradition and a lot of Western magical traditions, there's a uh, there's a, a meditation that one does called the uh, the middle pillar exercise, and you can find that on uh, on YouTube. Israel Regardi middle pillar is a, is a nice example of it if you look that up. But the very first uh, sort of chakra or the very first divine center in the body that one tries to open up in this is using you chant the divine name Ehe Ehe which is that Ehe Asher Ehe which I was talking about that I am that I am, and that sort of is analogous to the, the, the chakra Sahasrara, which is the thousand petal lotus. It's the top seventh chakra. That's uh, the crown of the head. So it's an interesting, there's interesting parallels. And that also relates to on the tree of life, there's a Sephira called Keter, which is the top one. If you've ever seen that symbol of the tree of life. So those are all kind of related together. And that's related to that divine name that, that, sort of sound quality that vibrational quality that exists within that word itself but also then the spiritual side of it and the the mystical ideas that are are, are contained within it so there's some deep stuff with this uh with this with this type of um um investigation when we start to get into this on a deeper level and that's why you know that's why i always encourage people to read the bible you know with a a much wider lens, I guess you'd say, you know, you can look at the literal stuff on top and listen to the stories and things like that, but really to, to really understand the depth of it, you've got to go, you've got to go much deeper, you know, and, and you can look at the Zohar and you can look at some of these, these esoteric interpretations of Blavatsky's and current uh, Corinne Helene and, you know, Manly Hall has got some great work on this as well. I mean, yeah, tons, Manly Hall does a good job sources. of, uh... yeah. Kind of Old Testament wisdom, putting it is that in, the one? yeah, and uh, the mystical Christ, the mystical Christ as well. Uh, yeah. But really, any reference you know he might make to really any scripture, but Bible yeah. in particular, uh, is put in a way that's you know um, a different way of looking at it than the commonly accepted stereotypical, yeah, uh, you know, look at this. Uh, so it it you know it helps to. Uh, to get some of these sources, but I wanted to add some, just while I have a quick pause, this, please. Um, you're saying it's deep and this connection with I am. So saying I am, speaking I am, or um, uh, for, you know, meditation mantra or a mm -hmm. sound or toning, you know, this yeah. vibration, uh, it's, it's highly personal in that it's in your personal being, both your physical being, because you're toning and making this sound, Mm -hmm. uh, and it is the I am in you, in me, um, that we're connecting with, and and why this is fundamentally different. And I think this just puts a tag around the, you know, on what mysticism is, uh, is that there is zero degrees of separation between you and the divine because you are the divine. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. Yeah. these other ones are you know, reading about it and repenting and you know doing all these things to try to conjure this up uh, yeah yeah exactly they, i mean it's, it's interesting because the, you know the, the in in esoteric circles you know esoteric generally means just hidden or inner meaning something like that 
versus the exoteric world. Oftentimes you'll hear people speak about those two different worlds. And, you know, the exoteric church is the church. It's the general church out there for the public, you know, where you would go to evangelical church or Catholic church or a Lutheran church, whatever denomination it is of Christianity per se, or even, you know, even more orthodox forms of Judaism and so on, you know, that you could sort of classify that under a more sort of orthodox understanding of, of scripture, right? Um, you know, versus the esoteric, which you might call the mystical interpretation, things more of the inner meaning where, you know, like Reverend Ike, he talks about, you know, we talked about Reverend Ike quite a bit, obviously, lately, and, you know, not necessarily a, a biblical scholar, but certainly a wise man and had a deep understanding of the Bible esoterically, you know, would say that the Bible is a, is a, is a, he interprets the Bible as a book of psychology. It's a way to, to understand oneself and all of these different, you know, all of these different characters and images and people in the Bible are also represented within oneself so that, you know, you can understand it in, the, in an inner light or an esoteric light. Whereas the, it's not to say that the exoteric is not real. It's not to say that the church has no value or anything like that, or one's better than the other. It's just, you know, they're both, they're both valuable ways of exploring it. it you know, at, at, obviously at a certain point though, you're going to run into some some challenges when you start going deeply within as all the mystics did when you know you're you're looking at some of the orthodox or dogmatic ways of looking at the bible if they're taking these scriptures literally you know and that's where the mystics ran into a lot of trouble oftentimes they were you know they were kicked out or they were ostracized from the church or they were sort of tangentially involved involved and then you know after their death then they became saints and you know there's all these different sort of difficult histories with a lot of a lot of the this the so-called mystics and saints of the church right so anyway a long tangent there sorry uh but the point is is that uh you know there is uh there is this more inner way of looking at things and that's uh that's really what we're we're exploring with this idea, I am that I am. So speaking of that, we're going to jump into some of these parallel sayings. Okay, so we have, these. Are, this is where you start to see how some of these mystical ideas cross over between the East and the West. So we're going to look at some of these sayings of Jesus and look at some of these sayings of Krishna. Uh, now, Krishna's sayings are coming from the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is a sacred, sacred book from uh, Hindu tradition. It's basically the story of Krishna. Uh, Krishna is an incarnation of God, an avatar, avatara of God, of, uh, of Vishnu, uh, who came and visited uh, Arjuna. Arjuna was a was a prince, I believe. He was a prince. Yes. Is that Arjuna? correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he was on the battlefield about to battle his cousins for the legitimacy of the, the the throne they were trying his his side of the family was trying to take back power because they were they were the righteous side of the family and arjuna didn't want to fight basically he didn't want to fight his kinsmen and he didn't feel like it was a a noble thing to do and he wanted to just be at peace and be left alone and krishna basically came and said look you have to jump into the fray because this is uh, a noble endeavor uh you know and it's sort of it's an allegory for us in in life basically um, you know, dealing with the challenges of day-to-day of -day life and, and working with sort of our divine purpose to do, to do our best, um, you know, and unfolding these sort of spiritual elements in our life and so on, even when faced with material challenges or, you know, the pressures of family, the pressures of society and so on. So it's a very similar thing. 
uh, to what, what we were talking about before between the exoteric and the esoteric. Um, so these, you know, G the Jesus sayings that we're going to look at uh, come mainly from uh, Gnostic Gospels, those Gospels of, of the quote-unquote Gnostics, of which there were many different sects. They're kind of headed under this category of, of Gnostics. Gnostics are, are a branch of, of, of Christians and, and Hermetic uh, philosophers and so on. There were many different types of them. Uh, they're all kind of conveniently categorized under the idea of Gnostic, G-N-O-S-T-I-C, -S -S Gnostic. Um, and it means to know, but it's to know in a an intimate sort of uh, spiritual way. So a true deep knowing within. So you, you would argue that the Gnostics were more esoteric than the exoteric maybe church, the physical church was. And therefore, they were at odds with the church oftentimes, the established church, the, the church of the temporal world, the church of the, you know, the, of the Roman church in, in its early days and so on. And so a lot of the Gnostic stuff was deemed heretical, etc. Okay, so that's kind of puts a context of where we are. Uh, so both of these traditions, both the Bhagavad Gita and Hinduism, uh, you know, the Hindu traditions, stress, you know, more. Uh, esoteric inner sort of understanding of these scriptures as do the Gnostics. And this is why these are, are, are presented together in this particular book. By the way, this comes from a book called uh, The Common Teachings of Four Mystical Traditions by Richard Hooper. And I, I highly recommend that book as well. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, and Lao Tzu. Uh, this particular chapter only, only uh, works with Jesus and Krishna, uh, but some of them have all four of them in there with certain ideas. So it's, it's a cool book. All right, so let's let's look at some of these. You have that 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 up on your screen, right? So you can you can read some of those as well because I've been talking for a while. I want to let you get some of your yeah, thoughts in. I I do, um, but I actually may add to this. Uh, oh, please do. Yeah. Uh, other parallels that uh, that are actually in more familiar in the New Testament. Yeah. Um, okay. Because there are, there are seven major times when when Jesus spoke, "I am the light. Mm -hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the light." Yeah. Um, you know, there the seven uh, declarations of I am. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, very good. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. They are in the New Testament them, the, themselves. But again, it's the mystical part of it, the personal power, the personal God within that, that gets uncomfortable for theologians and um, scholars. If, they, if it's it not does, the Gnostic text itself, it's maybe something within an accepted yeah. New Testament uh, gospel that... Uh, well, he meant this or, you know, sure, some sure. other way, but it's essentially mystical. So let's uh, dig into yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Let's say this, though, really quickly, because we talked about this a little bit before you know, we got on to do the show. And I think this is important is like, you know, why it just like this is just a question to ask yourself, really. I'm not even going to chime in with my thoughts on it. But, you know, why do you out there think it's so uh it's so dangerous to people that have a more orthodox and more traditional, you know, sort of literal viewpoint of the Bible, why it would be so dangerous to admit the God presence within yourself for them. What about that is, is really scary or, you know, for even, that's a question we need to ask ourselves, isn't it, Chris? Like, what is sure. it about me taking responsibility for the divine part of myself that I find so scary sometimes? Because we all struggle with that. You know, we feel like, oh, I'm just this limited material body and, you know, my own little problems have, what do they have to do with this divine consciousness, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, that's something you can think about 
as you're listening to some of these ideas and some of these different sayings, you know, wrestle with that a little bit, kind of mull it over in your head. Like what, you know, what in me, you know, can I accept this divine part of myself? And, you know, what would make someone fight that? So just think about that. All right. Start with some of those and we'll go through them a little bit. All right. All right. Very good. All right. So Jesus said in the gospel of Thomas, uh, I am the light which shines everywhere. I am the all, with a capital A. All things have gone forth from me, and all things shall return to me. Cleave the wood, and I am there. Turn the stone, and you will find me. And then Krishna says, do you see that? Yes. I am the origin of all things. All things proceed from me. I am the source of all beings, and all beings exist within me. No being, whether moving or unmoving, can exist without me. And I can I just throw in the uh, Please, John yeah. John um, Gospel of John eight twelve. Um, Jesus says, "Quote: I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life." So he's equating light with life. Beautiful. Uh, so it's it's another light <laughs> saying. Yeah, let me share another John because I uh, another John saying, and this is from John fourteen eighteen. Which, and I'm not trying to knock anyone, but by the way, John, the book of John is the most likely to be used to hit you over the head with Christianity, which is fascinating to me because they actually debated early church scholars who got together at the Council of Nicaea and even beforehand whether or not they wanted to put John and the book of Revelation in the Bible because they felt it was too Gnostic. And it's the one that they most often use to, you know, kind of persecute people in a sense. And I, I use that term kind of lightly today because it's, you know, the, you know, the church isn't as powerful as it was, but the, you know, the, I am, I am the way and no one gets to the father, but by me statement, which they took to mean Christianity is the only way to God. And if you don't, you know, believe in Jesus, you're going straight to hell which of course Jesus never said anywhere, but they, they took that statement and kind of, you know, ran with it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting, but anyway, he says in, uh, in John, um, 14, 18, uh, he's talking about the Holy spirit. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you in a little while. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You also will live on that day. You will know that I am in my father and you in me, and I in you. On that day, you'll know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. I don't think there's a clearer statement of, of God consciousness within than that right there. But people would argue that, and that's, you know, their right to do so. But that's how I see it. Anyway, uh, so let's look at those two statements. I am the light which shines everywhere. I am the all. All things have gone forth from me, and all things shall return to me. Cleave the wood, and I am there. Turn the stone, you will find me. And then, of course, Krishna says, I'm the origin of all things. All things proceed from me. I'm the source of all being and all beings exist within me. No being, whether moving or unmoving, can exist without me. I mean, that's that I am. That's that beingness that, exi that we exist in and that exists within us. And, and both, both of those statements make that very clear. It's, it's, it's very interesting when you start breaking these things down and seeing how, you know, oftentimes the mystical side of religions agree with each other whereas the orthodox side of religions you know argue with each other about details which usually are unimportant do you know what i mean 
Right. And I think oftentimes mystics are seeking the, the sort of archetypal truths, whereas maybe more orthodox or, or literal interpreters of particular religious traditions, whether it be Hindu, Christian, you know, Jew, Zoroastrian, you know, Confucianist, whatever, you know, if you're taking a very literal approach to your sort of philosophical and religious ideas, generally, you know, generally you will see your thing as being the truth while as while you see the other person's thing as being some sort of falsehood. Right. And so that's one of the things the mystics tried to do was uncover the the truths behind all of the sort of appearances and so-called differences in the, in the, in the thinking and all these different traditions. And that's kind of what we try to do on the show as well is find that universal behind, behind the, the sort of particular, right? Well, yeah. And one of the universal things that is being stated in these quotes is the metaphor with the light, I would assume meaning the light of the sun without which there would be no life on earth. Um, but that it's equating this energy, this divine presence with the light. You know, of course, the, you know, many traditions have worshipped the sun uh, in its various forms over the years, or at least have had a sun god mm-hmm. in the pantheon, uh, because we know how powerful it is. There's no warmth, there's no light, there's no life, um, there's no, there's really nothing uh, if you don't have the light of the sun. So like that, that, you know, this origin of life or the shining everywhere. Um, we also say in regular language, you know, oh, when we shine the light of truth on something, you know, it's, mm. it's putting a, yeah. a, a more, oh, it, we're enlightened, you know, sure. enlightenment. Yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily a brilliant radiance, although that very much is part of that, but it's, it's because of this brilliance and radiance that we can see things and see things more clearly and the shadows are cast out, uh, that which is not understood, that which is not seen. Using a very literal kind of metaphor with light and sunlight and photons yeah. and things like that. Sure. Uh, but but it, it's so ingrained that light is life and light is truth. Uh, light is love. So many things. Good so point. Good point. So and to, it's universal uh, to too. The sun shines on the the sun shines on the just and the unjust. Right. The rain falls on the it just. It doesn't and the pick unjust. favorites. It's, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's no uh, no respecter of men, as we've talked about before. Um, so the next one in this is, uh, I'll read the first one from Jesus, and you go ahead and read the Krishna one. I am all and all. I am the Father, the Mother, the Son. All that moves me excuse me, all that moves, moves in me. All that exists, exists in me. I am the womb that gives life to all creatures. I am the invisible one that exists within the all. This comes from a, a Gnostic text called the Trimorphic Protonoia. I, I love the, the titles of these Gnostic texts, the Trimorphic Protonoia. Beautiful. Anyway, sorry, wow. go ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead. Uh, so the parallel from the Gita is, I am the father of the universe. I am the source of the father. I am the mother of the universe. I am the creator of all things. I am the highest of all things known, the way of purification, the sacred syllable, Aum. Spelled A-U-M. A-U-M, yes. Very similar to I-A-M. I am, yeah. Very similar also to Amen, which we spoke of earlier, which is both an Egyptian word and a word that we, you know, that's used in the West. Tudank, Amen. Mm -hmm. It's Amen. 
and Amen actually, Amen uh, Amen Ra was uh, was connected to the uh, the sun god Ra. Amen. That that word is 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 probably of uh, an Egyptian origin, and it certainly has those connotations of a vibratory power, the sun, the light, etc. Um, you know, the word, the logos, those ideas. Are well, that's worth present. mentioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that this this sacred syllable. It's it's not that we're just reading it. Yes, and we're <laughs> we are reading from text, but it's the speaking of. It the, is. Um, yeah. Um, the vibration and Sanskrit, quality. and you were saying, you know, Hebrew also. It's it's the way the words are pronounced. It's with yep. the West. It's more like how it's spelled. And yes, you need to pronounce it if you're speaking to somebody. But mm-hmm. it goes beyond that in some of these earlier traditions and languages that the sound. It's the sound. Know, the shape it's the of vibrational, the letter. The sound yeah. of the letter. The intonation. The vibrational quality, the 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 vibratory yeah. sort of power of the word is is all sort of locked up in all those those ideas. And you know, it's not just that's the thing with these. You know, you've got to intone them with with you know with 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 almost like a musical quality to really make them work for you uh, in a lot of ways. And there's you know there's different ways to do this, and you can find a lot of this stuff on the internet. We may go into this at some point. Do do some stuff with this, with the actual notes and so on, because there's a lot of really cool sort of chants that use these different words. But, you know, related to that OM, AUM is an interesting, uh, is an interest, another two kind of couple of interesting sort of, uh, what you might call mantra uh, from from the uh, Kabbalistic tradition from ancient Israel and so on, is the, the, the word YAH, which is again a derivation of a shortened form of yod heh vov Yah, Yo, or Yah, Yahoo. All these were different uh, forms of, of sort of words that they would vibrate and intone and use and are still used today in, in some traditions. Uh, then also the Gnostics had and have, you know, because there are still Gnostics uh, practicing today. Um, they, use this, they use this word Iao, which is I-A-O. Uh, it's Iota, uh, Alpha, Omega, in um in greek and that's very similar to actually the idea of aum you know because there's this sort of uh there's this sort of idea of uh of uh, of a trinity in that you know a beginning a sort of sustaining and then an end and a transforming uh to it you know so in the eao that that you know the alpha and omega is the beginning and the end and the, you know that the iota itself is like sort of the dot at the small point within ourselves, maybe that uh, spark within us. That's one idea. That's one idea. Well, that's there so inclusive. Others. Yeah. Well, you know, with the alpha and omega, I am the beginning, I am the end. That's sure. that's also in uh, the New Testament. But yeah. the all. Yeah. If you're talking about I am the all, and all, and in all, within all, that's beginning and end. I mean, alpha omega, it, it leaves nothing out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that, by the way, that I am the Alpha and I am the Omega statement comes from Revelation, uh, the okay. book of Revelation. Back and not, not for you, but for, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Back to St. John. Uh, John Patmos. Uh, so we'll move on to the next one, and then we'll kind of um, kind of uh, wrap up some, some other ideas in this. So I dwell in every soul. I awaken those who sleep. My voice cries out in those who love me. I existed before the beginning. That's from Trimorphic Protonoia uh, again. And um, Krishna from the Gita. I am the self, capital S, self, which exists in the heart of every being. 
I am the beginning, the middle, and the end of all things. Mm, there it is again. I yeah, there it is uh, again. And this, I existed before the beginning. I think even Jesus said that to uh, some some of the priests at the temple, asking about him. And he said, "I before Abraham was, was I, I am. am. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And Abraham, yeah. just to review, is sort of the father figure, I guess, of the. He is the patriarch, the first patriarch of Judaism. Yes, the first patriarch. So, yeah. Before before the beginning, <laughs> again, yeah. uh, the beginning figure, the founding father. I am not. I was. I am. That it's still a present tense uh, statement. A little. You, yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good point. Uh, I am. That's that beingness. It exists before the. It's like beginningless time, basically which is a strange concept to wrap your head around. I exist before time. Well, how can you exist before time? You know, things like this. I mean, that's the mystery. That's the mystery. And these, these ideas are presented so that we can try to wrap our heads around them, but they're more like a Zen Cohen, really. They're just leading us to understand a, a mystery that's beyond words. And that's what some of these, some of these ideas are, are here for. And that's why, it, you know, some of these sayings, especially the Gnostic sayings and the sayings from the Bhagavad Gita, really need to be meditated upon. You've really got to go deep into them if you want to discover something about them. Yes, do study and figure out, you know, do word studies and derivations and, you know, and so on and see how they're related to other scriptural elements and how they might be used comparatively like we're doing. But also just take, you know, some of these sayings and, you know, really try to sit in and maybe maybe do a little a little meditation or a little contemplation on the on the on the saying itself. So read it out slowly to yourself, maybe uh, out loud maybe out loud then once in your mind and then you know and then maybe just sit for you know 10-15 minutes and kind of meditate on what you you know what you think that might mean or what that might what it feels like to you or what it suggests to you you know in inner images or you, you know what I'm saying I think that can be a really valuable way to sort of unpack some of these things a more inner way of of doing these these word studies and things like that right well, it is. And you know, we're going to, you know, put some quotes out and discuss things and give our insights and like all this really, it's, it's what you can take from that and, and apply and see what comes up within because it is an internal thing. It's, you know, the Tao in you may be universally the same as the Tao in me or the Christ in me um, or the god or anything the way the i am mm -hmm. but it's it's kind of like your i am <laughs> and my i am is my way of, of approaching experiencing and expressing mm -hmm. that that which is universal yeah so yeah. you know that's why the personal work is so important you're tapping into the universal in this archetypal energy this essence that's for everybody but if you know, to use a metaphor of the ocean, well, there's there's waves, there's whales, there's plankton, there's kelp, there's sharks, there, you know, there's all kinds of things that you know are produced in and through, and because of this ocean that all these things are are part of, really inseparable from, although different parts may express themselves uniquely, just like a another closed system like uh, the human body, um, you know, the DNA is the same in every cell in our body, you know, this instruction for the whole package, uh, but parts express themselves like a kidney and another part expresses itself like a kneecap and, 
and so on, uh, but it's still maybe a particular expression of the universal thing. So find your own particular connection and um, really soulful meaning uh, that comes up and works yeah. through you. And that's, that's your Tao. That's your Christ and that's your, I am. That's a, that's a great way to put it. You know, I, I don't know why, but I was just suddenly reminded of that, uh, uh, that Reverend Ike affirmation that I gave uh, before, or actually, no, I don't know if I talked about this on the show, or if I posted it on Instagram, one of the two. Anyway, he had this great, uh, this great affirmation. It was, I am the mask that God is wearing as he experiences time and space or something, something along those lines, I'm paraphrasing, but it's a, it's a beautiful idea of this, you know, this relative that we are, that's also a particularization of the absolute in this particular point of, uh, you know, that we are, you know, and I think the, the cross speaking of you know symbolism the cross represents that doesn't it the, the, how, the christian cross and, and i know but how to elaborate more uh, i mean there's, there's a lot of symbolism there's a lot of symbolism uh, i was going to say really just the, the the sort of uh the meeting point of of material being and a higher sort of spiritual being as well you yes know, yes that, i see that, what you're saying you yeah. know what i mean that kind well, the of, transcendent and, and the imminent and the imminent uh, exactly you know that one deeply rooted in the earth reaching up all the way to the cosmos above mm-hmm. uh, and the other axis um moving to the left and to the right the vertical all yeah. you know the you know, everything on earth you know kind of the brotherhood of man and then the fatherhood of god is more the vertical exactly um, exactly part uh yes no it's a great sum we could do a whole whole thing on the cross and it's many different forms and and symbols but if you know it's in the human body too i know we talk a lot of you know esoteric anatomy um, but if you need to outstretch your arms if you're say like standing mm-hmm. like the vitruvian man the uh you know the longest stream of, of blood vessels you know goes from your head to your toes on that axis on the other axis it goes you know from fingertip to fingertip on opposite arms and hands yeah. uh, and it's this connecting where they connected what's at the middle what's at this crossing point your heart the human heart this the spiritual heart. heart the soul heart so it, it comes up again even in our bodies so yeah. it's uh it's an, that's an interesting symbol too, because you oftentimes see that uh, you'll see the cross, uh, you know, see that cross symbol with the heart in the middle of it, yeah, the or, rosy cross, or, yes. or, or a rose as as well. Mm-hmm. That are both similar symbols of that heart, 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 mind, or heart space that exists within us. But that that is that point that you know where the, you know, symbolically where the Christ consciousness dwells within each human being, or the Krishna consciousness, or the Buddha consciousness, or what have you. I mean, that's the that's that sort of um, that understanding of that symbolism. Um, I want to read uh, one passage again, going back to John. Uh, it's John fourteen ten. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. So that is kind of the connecting point 
between the idea of the I am and the father in me, the father in Christ and so on that he was speaking of, but it's the, you know, it's connected to the works, the works that you're doing and that, you know, and that, you know, we've talked about this in other shows about mental healing and spiritual healing and manifesting and prosperity and a lot of different ideas that, that sort of connect to this, this um, creator presence within ourselves. That is one of the takeaways of kind of getting into uh, connection with this divine part of ourselves is that we, we begin to manifest a whole different level of consciousness, a whole different level of creativity, a whole different level of ability to manifest and to do great works uh, in our lives, to help other people, to help our families, help ourselves, to be more self-sufficient, to be you know, more interdependent with others, whatever it is that we, we need to try to try to create, you know, getting in touch with this creative energy within this I am power that exists within us, you know, understanding it first and seeing how these, you know, these, these divine teachers came to teach us these things and demonstrate, you know, use that great word before we got on there. You talked about how Jesus came here to demonstrate those things, right? You want to touch on that a little bit more? Well, it's in the works. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just really attached to old words that somebody else said about somebody else a long time ago. Mm. Um, even if they're great words, <laughs> yeah, it's it's putting them to work. Faith without works is dead. Just like the opposite. If you're just milling about aimlessly or maybe thinking you have a plan, but you're not really bringing in higher energies uh, to it, uh, you're just, you know, just living regular everyday life you're not really yeah. growing or improving or or bringing bringing maybe bringing your best to your your work and your family and all the things you're involved with yeah uh, more robotics so um so it does have to uh to use a, a new thought term demonstrate uh and that's the proof that it works in your life all this we talk about it's it, it can be discussed on a theoretical level and uh, you know it's a interesting topic uh you know food for thought um, which it is and i've been drawn to all these traditions and disciplines that we've been you know talking about on this show uh just on that level of of personal interest alone but they're not really meant to end at the level of you know discovery and entertainment or uh, information. They are meant to be put into action. Uh, you need both. You need yeah. a little bit of understanding and an openness. And, you know, when you say I am, you're speaking from a center of power. Uh, it may be humble power, but it's your own personal power that's connected to a much larger part of you than the you that you think you are. But if you approach a problem with, I don't think I can, uh, or I'm probably, I can't do that, mm -hmm. or I am not the one, <laughs> who am yeah. I to, yeah. uh, well, that's probably what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, you know, so it does take some consciousness training and perhaps retraining um, to get a, a handle on this I am, or at least enough to start testing it out. Yeah. And yeah. as you can incorporate it in your everyday life, we can do it in our um, affirmations. We had a whole podcast about uh, visualization. And one of the things we focused on was uh, thinking and speaking 
and affirming that something has already happened. Yeah. Not hoping that something might happen or mm-hmm. could happen or even will happen. This is beyond that. This is it already happened. So to say I am means you're you already are. Um, you're exactly. not forever becoming. Yes, no. we're unfolding. Yes, we're growing. We, I know more today than I did yesterday, although I probably forgot more today than I did yesterday. <laughs> um, but that happens. Um, but the I am that I am um, probably was me before I was born. And if reincarnation and you know regeneration is a thing, which I have a suspicion it might be, um, I will be the I am that I am 200 years from now or lifetimes or, you know, a thousand lifetimes ago uh, that it's consistent, but it means that you've already arrived. And there, again, there's not this separation. You know, I am connected to a power because I am that power or I am healthy. Even when you feel and your body is telling you that you're sick or weak or in pain, this I am is, you know, I am health. You know, you can go to the archetype of health itself yeah uh, connects you with it in a way that it really doesn't so we're watching our language watching the things we say and the power that these words have so this is one very direct way we can use this in our daily life absolutely uh, is to come from a position of i am whatever it is you want uh, to be or to know or to achieve or accomplish or even to have um be that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a great point. You just, you own it. You care, you know, you, you, you claim it, don't you? You do. And it's uh, the same thing that happens in 12 step recovery. Uh, people will identify. Um, I am an alcoholic or drug addict or whatever your, your um, you know, addiction is. Um, it sounds really defeating. Um mm-hmm without you know what we've been talking about if you just look oh i'm i'm a loser oh great oh i'm an alcoholic i'm a drunkard i'm a drug addict uh yeah but it's it's not because that's not the context the context is that you're not trying to fool yourself into thinking you're not yeah i don't have a problem well if you don't have a problem don't go to recovery you know yeah it's not going to work for you anyway whether you have a problem or not if you declare that you do then you can actually work on it yeah. Um, yeah. You've got to recognize that there's, there's something to change, don't you? Yeah. And so. alcohol doesn't mean, you know, the end there's people with 20 years of sobriety that, that say I that identify as I am an alcoholic um, mm-hmm. because it's a condition. It's a propensity. Uh, it's an allergy, if you will, you know, you get hard alcohol and you start, you know, breaking out and DUIs and <laughs> arrests and, cra- and, 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 and a case of the crazies. Case of the crazies, yeah. And, and other people <laughs> yeah. that don't have that allergy don't don't yeah. you know, aren't affected by alcohol that much. Sure. But if that, but it, it's it's declaring that you are just saying I am diabetic. Well, you could use that and just roll over in your bag and say it's all over. But uh, no, that means that you have some things to do. You have some dietary yeah. concerns. You have some actions that you need to take. Yeah, uh, it's and a matter. See, I think- I think you're right about that. In addition, once you, you know, once you, you got to be very careful too. And I think you're making that point, making that distinction, but I just want to kind of add to that. You know, once, you know, when you claim those things, then go to work at, you know, the the opposite. Like I, you know, I am sober. I am, you know, I'm living a sober life. I'm, you know, clear headed and feeling better and better every day. And really, you know, really 
moving forward with those positive affirmations as well, right? Once you recognize the problem, you don't want to dwell specifically right. on that problem and sit and sit around all day thinking about that. Cause we talked about that in that, um, in that last, uh, uh, Fox Friday show that we did the Emmett Fox Friday show we did when we talked about quarantining um, the problem. So you want to kind of put it away and then, and then, and then feed in new thought, which is exactly what you're doing in 12 step. I'm not knocking 12 step when I say that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know, once you recognize the problem, then you got to move on from it. Right. So yeah. And, and because down. I am this, these are the steps I need to take. Exactly. These are the exactly. things I need to do. And you can have a wonderful, healthy, long, sober life and still identify that way sure um, sure you're just making sure you're not going back to those you're old behaviors and habits in and, that old behavior exactly exactly yeah. you're saying i like how you said it's a propensity you know you need to recognize that propensity so you kind of remind yourself that and so you don't fall back into that lifestyle or fall back into that habitual behavior again or that addictive uh, modality right so right. All right, we're actually at about an hour. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add that we might have missed? I'm trying to think of anything. I think we covered everything we wanted to. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to. Yeah, I didn't cover everything, but you know. I am that I am without conjuring up Popeye at some point. You had to. You had to. Bring I had to go there. I had to I go. Love it. I don't. All right, please. I won't do. go full Popeye. Although I'll go, I'll go partial Popeye. <laughs> partial. You're, you're going partial. He, was it? I am. I am what I am. Isn't that what he said? I am what I am. I am what I am. Yeah. Yeah. It was pronounced yeah, yam. Yam. Exactly. I am what I am. Uh, and that's yeah. all that I am. That's right. I'm so, Popeye the Sailor Man. Yeah. There was a song. There was a yeah. song that went along with it. That's right. Well, so you, he eats spinach, so you got to give him that. You know, he yeah. was way ahead of the curve when it when it came to so you uh, young people, eating your greens. You young people that have never heard Popeye, because yeah. I don't think Popeye's on anymore. The cartoon is I, far far too knows. brutal and problematic to be on TV anymore. It's probably like, a live action, like, you know, buddy cop <laughs> movie reimagined by now or something. I, but I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I only hope so. But the but point is, are, he was saying that because he was, he was talking to his girlfriend. I am what I am. It's like. Yeah. He's owning who he is and he's coming from like, well, I'm just a simple sailor man or something, but there's a real beauty into that, real humility. And it's with that acceptance of I am what it maybe whether he realizes it or not, he's also accepting his divine nature. He's not no. discounting it. He's not dismissing no. it. The divinity he's fully owning who he, who he is. I am what Indeed. I am and that's what I am. And whatever. And he's good with that. He's good to go. He, he is, isn't he? You know, he, is, um, he? he doesn't have a, you know, image, you know, anxiety or no, no. body can, issues even or though he's, And also, even though he's smaller than Bluto, who's his sworn enemy, he can uh, beat him because he knows he, he, uh, he, he, he yam what he yam. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. So All there's right. lessons, lessons in spirituality from an, an old cartoon. Actually, Robin Williams was in the live action version of that in the 80s. Oh, yeah. So maybe yeah. some kids have seen that if they're into, you know, movies from the 80s. Uh, but, you know, any of the uh, any of the people that are our age will know what we're talking about. And if not, check him out on YouTube. Popeye. Popeye, Popeye the Sailor Man. I am what I am. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today in our excursion into I am that I am or I am what I am. Use that I am power carefully that is within you, that divinity within you. So when you claim those things and you use those words, I am, make sure you're attaching something positive to that because that is what you're creating in your experience. That's what you're creating in your consciousness. Uh, It's a powerful, powerful thing. 
Uh, so remember that. And, you know, like, you know, oftentimes this stuff is used simply for, you know, prosperity purposes and people think a lot of attraction and stuff, but it also is used in your spiritual life and your health and so forth. I mean, you can claim I am, you know, uh, on a higher level of consciousness. I am unfolding my greatest potentials in spiritual endeavors or, you know, you can use it for any sort of purpose you want. So it's not just a, a material thing, but that is, you know, one aspect of life. So keep that in mind and use I am carefully. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Napolitano. My book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And Mr. Chris Sheridan has a book called The Spirit in the Sky. And those are both available on Amazon or on our respective websites, CosmicGuy.org or ChrisSheridan.com. And also check out Manly Hall Society on YouTube. Chris puts up great Manly Hall videos, which a lot of these topics we talk about, we draw from Manly Hall's teachings, as you heard us earlier talking about Manly Hall. So check out those wonderful recordings that Chris has put up there. Thank you for doing that great work, Chris. Oh, sure. and, and also joining uh, me each week on the show. I am blessed to have you here, my friend. Well, my pleasure to be here. All right. So we will be here next week. Thank you again for joining us. This is the Cosmic Eye Show, and we are out. Goodbye, and God bless. <laughs>